You're listening to the Quince podcast. In the backdrop of big geopolitical developments in Ukraine, the United States and India held their fourth 2+2 dialogue on 12th April in Washington DC. These focused discussions between the two countries' foreign and defense counterparts have become a regular affair since the inaugural dialogue in 2018. However, Tuesday's became noteworthy since it was also preceded by a surprise Biden-Modi virtual summit signaling that the talks were being guided from the top. And as in previous dialogues, the usual elephants were in the room: China's growing presence, India's defense ambitions and trade, and the issue of human rights violations which the US has brought forward in almost every official diplomatic meeting. However, the new elephant, which is Russia's invasion of Ukraine, was one of the main pivot points for the meeting. While the US in its public statements named Russia and slammed its actions in Ukraine, India unsurprisingly did not. Ever since the start of the invasion, India has maintained neutrality in the crisis and has not publicly named or condemned Russia for its actions. Though the US through its statements has indicated that it understands India's stance on this issue, the big question is how long will the US continue to accommodate this stance? Do these talks signal where the India-US relations are headed? To discuss the big takeaways from the India-US 2+2 summit, joining me today is Vivek Mishra, a fellow at the Observer Research Foundation. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. Differences between US and India over the past 2 months have been sharpening vis-a-vis Russia and the ongoing war. And both countries did not conceal their divergence on the issue not just at the 2+2 meeting, but also in the Biden-Modi virtual summit ahead of the talks. In reference to the ongoing crisis, the White House statement read that quote-unquote India will make its own judgments on the crisis, and it added that if New Delhi saw the quote-unquote tight links between China and Russia, it would quote-unquote obviously impact their thinking. The US has also repeatedly hinted displeasure at India's stance. Earlier on 22nd March, Biden called India's stance on the Ukraine crisis quote-unquote somewhat shaky, and just days before the 2+2 dialogue on 7th April, Brian Deese, who is the White House National Economic Council director, said that the US has told India that the consequences of a quote-unquote more explicit strategic alignment with Moscow will be quote-unquote significant and long-term. Now, there has been a gradual change in India's reaction to Russia's aggression in Ukraine. with the strongest one coming on 5th April when India strongly condemned the Bucha massacre and it did so again in the Biden Modi virtual summit with PM Modi who did not name Russia called the quote unquote killings of innocent civilians in Bucha quote unquote very worrying and said that India immediately condemned the killings and called for an independent probe so far the US has accommodated India's stance on the crisis but given its push on other western countries to condemn Russia's actions how long will it stay this course According to Vivek Mishra, a fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, the India-US relations and dialogues have always been governed by the US trying to push its own interest. But given India's geopolitical importance in the region, there may be some leeway now. I think the India-US relations and uh, will uh, will continue to be you know guided by this framework of US pushing on certain aspects on which they concern uh, their core interests and in India uh, you know drawing a line. uh uh about it uh, and stopping us uh, there uh, because uh, at the end of the day realize that india is one of the the most i mean not one of the the most uh, important partner in the indo pacific for um, the united states right now if you look at the south asian region they are out of afghanistan central asia in, is is in a flux 
Pakistan is in a mess with the change of government and so forth. Um, uh, Sri Lanka is in an economic mess. Uh, Myanmar, I don't need to tell you. So given all these you know, geopolitical flux, uh, the stability on Indian Peninsula is something that they don't want to go, you know, let go of. And they can only push India to, to some extent. And I think there is a clear realization on both sides about it. Uh, but they will continue to do it because that's how uh, you know, the United States government functions, especially the Democratic government of Biden functions. They also have a midterm elections coming up in November. And Biden is, is, uh, is something that is, Biden is actually counting on uh, all these issues that, that he has stood up for, uh, be it democracy, uh, et cetera, on domestic front. Uh, also in the international front, it's an opportunity for the United States to revamp its image after Afghanistan, uh, Ukraine is an opportunity and they will try to uh, you know, operate under this framework of uh, being uh, championing uh, the cause of Ukraine, so and and the democratic free world, so-called. Um, so, so I think this uh, this this back and forth will continue. But I think if you look at the big takeaway, uh, was uh, the, among the concrete deliverables. Concrete deliverables. I think the most important thing that came out was the space situational agreement that came out, and and that reflects to me that despite all this uh, aura of the of, of, of the back and forth between the two countries. I think the concrete deliverables on the two plus two and other formats will continue. Uh, you know, be it the trade, et cetera, the negotiations with Piyush Goel, et cetera, are also on, uh, on track. So I think in terms of delivery itself, there will not be much, uh, uh, much uh, uh, disappointment, uh, but this back and forth because of uh, the differing nature of core interests of both countries will continue. Let's move now to the 2 plus 2 meeting and the big takeaways from it. In his press conference statement, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken called upon all nations to quote-unquote condemn Moscow's increasingly brutal actions in Ukraine and urged all partners to quote-unquote not to increase their purchase of Russian energy. The latter was an oblique reference to India's recent purchase of discounted Russian oil. And picking up on this, External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar stated that, quote-unquote, looking at the figures, probably our total purchases for the month would be less than what Europe does in an afternoon. So you might want to think about that, end quote. But despite the war of the words, there were signs that the both sides seemed to have agreed to disagree. Responding to a question, Blinken said that, quote-unquote, India's relationship with Russia has developed over decades at a time when the United States was not able to be a partner to India, and that times have changed and that the U.S. is willing to be a partner of choice with India across virtually every realm, be it commerce, technology, education and security. According to Vivek Mishra, Blinken's candid remarks signaled two things, the limitations of the U.S. in its ability to push India and Russia, and a clear recognition of history. Interesting remarks by Secretary Blinken. Uh, Blinken. To me, it signals uh, two or three things. First is, of course, the limitation of the United States to, in its ability to push India and how much, right? Uh, because uh, uh, as a democratic country, you know, in the in the Beltway circle, which is the Washington D.C. Uh, circle, people often see that India. People often see India as very prickly. The moment you say something to India, they, they just give it back to you, and which they did. You know, when when you when Secretary Dalip Singh was here, uh, Deputy NSA was here, uh, and he said that there will be consequences. Immediately, there was a backlash. Uh, you know, reverberating as far as Washington D.C. So I think. The first uh, signal is how much India, how much the United States can really push. And second, of course, uh, going back to your point, I think it's a clear recognition of history uh, where the United States was on the other side in the Cold War and, uh, you know, was, was closer to countries like Pakistan, which 
for now, I mean, don't figure on their strategic radar. Uh, more so after Afghanistan and, and after the fall of, uh, uh, after what uh, the Imran Khan government has claimed that it was a US conspiracy to sort of uh, topple his government. Um, so I think secondly, uh, to me, uh, it's a clear recognition of history. Uh, and third, it's, it's a futuristic roadmap. Uh, that India and the US uh, will try to gradually build better roads of bilateral relationship. And this also means to me that in the coming days, uh, in the coming years or, or, or decades, uh, you would gradually see India, uh, you know, building more defense relations uh, with the United States uh, and consolidating its position in the Indo-Pacific. Because after all, we are a partner of the United States. We have, sound, we have signed the three foundational agreements with the US, the Comcasa, the Becca. Um, and uh, and the and the, uh, Sismoa, uh, after having signed the bilateral three foundational agreements, we have become the major defense partner, which is a unique status given to a, a country. So I consider the MDP status, the major defense partner status, as something between an ally and a friend. So I think it's a very critical position for India, which is given by the U.S. under the Obama administration, uh, and has been further built on by other uh, by other presidencies. Uh, so I, for thirdly, I, I see this as a very important recognition of the road ahead in terms of building more defense relationship, uh, stronger defense relationship in the future, and which would imply that we would gradually, uh, you know, one, build our own uh, uh, defense industries inside our uh, inside inside our country, and secondly, we will, uh, by extension, reduce uh, dependence on other countries, including Russia. So see, uh, you may see that as it, as it, uh, as, as, you know, you, you may see it in whichever way. Uh, I think three or four clear pictures emerge out of this statement from Blink. Now, although the two countries differed on the issue of Russia and Ukraine, there was a common interest with respect to China. In a snide reference to China, Defense Minister Rajnath Singh stated that, quote-unquote, we want to create peace and prosperity in the Indo-Pacific region and that we try to make sure that our assessments is also shared. And in his press statement, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin underlined that China is attempting to, quote-unquote, challenge and undermine the sovereignty of its neighbors and that Beijing is, quote-unquote, eroding the security of the Indo-Pacific region with construction of dual-use infrastructure along India's border. But most significantly, Secretary Austin stated that the U.S. will, quote-unquote, continue to stand alongside India as it defends its sovereign interest. According to Vivek Mishra, Austin's statements does signal a greater Indo-Pacific cooperation. But to what extent this may materialize on the ground is still debatable. Yeah, I think Indo-Pacific was a concrete part of the 2 plus 2, uh, as it has been in the past. Uh, Indo-Pacific strategy has been central to the Biden administration's revamping its, uh, its, its foreign policy. Uh, if you look at the Biden administration's Indo-Pacific policy, which was released uh, uh, last month, it, it has laid out a clear emphasis that there is going to be no corner left for the United States to focus in the Indo-Pacific along with the Indo-Pacific partners, which means that they were emphasizing the, the, the fact that even when the United States was entangled in this Eurasian conflict with Ukraine and, and support to NATO, it will not come at the cost of a lessening focus in the Indo-Pacific. And this was a warning to China. Now, coming back to Lloyd's statement, they have been harping on this point that India is the partner that they need, and which is a fact that they, if there is one balancer for China in this region, it is India, uh, in both in terms of state capability, in terms of defense capability, in terms of, in terms of regional capacities also. So I think uh, this was a very important uh, messaging that 
United States will stand in support of India. Now, how much that does that really translate in times of crisis? You know, one one will have to wait and watch. Uh, many of many of us jumped to the conclusion that you know, you know, in the Ukraine war, United States did not really go to the war and is pushing Ukraine. Uh, uh, from from a distance, you know, so extending the security umbrella. Uh, so in, in the case of India and China, if, if it really comes to a conflict, we will have to see how much uh, capacities and in what way are extended uh, to India. But I think it's a very important statement in the sense that it comes as a assurance to India uh, of being one of the most important partners for regional stability in the Indo-Pacific. For more updates on this story, follow The Quint on our social media handles. And if you're not already, subscribe to The Big Story Podcast. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.